This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 18th of February. In your Squiz today, remembering the bombing of Darwin, relaxing the COVID rules, getting worked up over Wordle, and spending time with a fake heiress. This is your Squiz today. Tomorrow marks the 80th anniversary of one of our darkest days in Australia, the bombing of Darwin in the Second World War. It was the first and remains the largest attack on home soil. And it's an event of national significance, one that we should all know more about. And Claire, I reckon I'm not the only one who's learning something this morning. Yeah, and I think we could all know a little bit more about the momentous events of our past. Certainly, I know I should. Uh, and Darwin Mayor Con Vatskalis said, that it's a part of our history that all Australians should be aware of. Uh, What happened on the 19th of February 1942 was that Darwin was struck by the Japanese for the first time, as you say, the first time Australian soil had been attacked by a foreign power. Uh, There were two waves of Japanese aircraft. Uh, What happened was they targeted ships in the harbour. A lot of Navy ships were there and also the local airstrip and there was widespread damage. More than two 240 civilians and Australian and US service personnel were left dead Uh, and there were many more tough days to follow. It was the first of 64 Japanese raids on Darwin. Uh, In the wake of that attack, uh, it was said that about half of the civilian population fled. Uh, Lots of myths, though, too, about what happened at that time, including one that men rode bikes to Alice Springs to get away. Wow. Riding from Darwin to Alice Springs... Uh, is not short, so it's hard to really wrap your head around that. Uh, Claire, tomorrow is the anniversary, as you mentioned, and for the first time, the service will be live streamed from 9.30am local time. I'll put a link to that in the episode notes. Claire, I reckon this is the first week in a long time that we haven't talked about COVID a lot, which is great. And as we come down the other side of the Omicron mountain with a number of daily cases falling, Victoria and New South Wales are relaxing the rules. Yeah, amazing, isn't it, to think that we might be moving on a little bit. Don't want to jinx it. Let's knock on wood. (laughs) But what happened yesterday is that in New South Wales, the Premier there, Dominic Perrottet, announced that mask mandates, uh, QR codes and dents city limits will be scrapped. Uh, That's something that has been in place since December after the loosening of restrictions after we thought we were past the Delta wave. Uh, And in Victoria, uh, they're largely on the same page except when it comes from masks, they're still required indoors. Uh, One big feature for both of those states is singing and dancing is back. Yes, I know you'll be out there singing and dancing this weekend, Claire, <laughs> just to mark sure. the event. Can't now, the, stop me. <laughs> the disruptions from Omicron seemed huge in those states. And yesterday we got a look at the employment data for January. Unemployment was steady at 4.2%, but the number of hours worked across the country plunged by nearly 9%. So you can understand why businesses were struggling to stay open. 
Electricity prices are always a hot election topic and yesterday Origin Energy announced that it wants to close Australia's biggest coal-fired power plant seven years earlier than originally planned. So this is going to be a big story as we lead into the election campaign. The company says the Araring generator on the New South Wales Central Coast is no longer financially viable. But Claire, there are concerns about the impact on power prices and supply. Yeah, and of course it's a big deal when you take a big uh, electricity generator out of the mix and questions are asked about what happens to supply because, of course, uh, they're not entirely sure that a battery that will be put on that site will be enough uh, to bridge that gap. Uh, And also prices. We know that as a lot of those coal-fired plants have come out of the system and future ones are also coming out of the system, what that means for prices. Uh, Of course, lots of questions to be answered and it's a really hot political debate. Now, Origin isn't the first company to bring forward plans to close ageing coal power plants. It follows similar moves from Energy Australia and AGL. On to the Winter Olympics now, Claire. We've been discussing the fate of Russian figure skater Camilla Valieva. She's been the talk of the game since we found out last week that she failed a drug test in December but was allowed to continue competing. And last night she fell short of a medal in the singles competition. Yeah, and it all ended in tears. Uh, She was in tears after falling four times during her performance. They say that she was quite distraught after that event. Uh, Lots of critics uh, in the wake of all of this have said that uh, officials' decision to allow her to compete so that she didn't suffer any emotional harm were wrong because last night's performance has probably left her quite distraught and worried Mm. about her future as a professional athlete. So uh, lots of questions about all of that uh, and a long way to go yet. And of course, Claire, she's just 15, so Mm. that's another factor to take into everything. There's still months to go in that investigation. And for all Olympics fans, just a reminder that the Games wrap up on Sunday. Claire, a couple of weeks ago, Larissa and I spoke about the New York Times buying the popular online game Wordle. I declared at the time that I don't play (laughs) Wordle and I can confirm today I have not changed my stance since. But you tell me there are problems with the new version and I have a feeling squizzes are right ahead of me. They're already onto this and I might be the only one in the dark. (laughs) Despite us talking about it endlessly in our morning meetings, we still haven't convinced you. I zone out at that stage. (laughs) To get on board. Yeah, what's happened in the last few days is uh, Wordle aficionados are really concerned about the New York Times stewardship of their product. Uh, They're worried that it's getting harder. There's been a few iffy words. Uh, Also, players getting different puzzles, um, getting different results. So there's been a lot of questions. For the Times part, they say uh, that nothing has changed. All they have done is remove some obscure and rude words. Uh, and that might throw things for people, but otherwise it's onwards and upwards. And what the complaints have done is flesh out a couple of other things about how the New York Times is going to run Wordle. We learned that there's no flexibility on Aussie English, so expect words like fibre to continue to be spelt with an ER, which challenges me, Claire. It might be reason enough to boycott it or continue to boycott it, if you're me. Yeah, that's a very principled stance, I think. (laughs) 
Now, Claire, I'm always in the market for a new TV series recommendation. I make it to the couch and then I spend 15 or so minutes scrolling through Netflix Mm. wondering what to watch. And in Friday Lights this week, you've included a new series and a New York Magazine article that's created a lot of buzz this week. Yeah, it's Inventing Anna. It's the story of Anna Sorokin or Anna Delvey, as she liked to be known, uh, just a few years ago when she was in New York pretending to be a German heiress and she really did fool a lot of the social elite. Uh, That article we did put in the squiz at the time and I remember it really clearly. It did cause a lot of buzz around the world. It really blew up the internet, that article. But now it's on Netflix, as you say, Inventing Anna is what the series is called. And I have to confess, I completely binged it between last weekend and last night. I just really enjoyed it. Really worth a watch. All right. Well, I'll have to watch it this weekend. I'm also going to bookmark that long read to try to get that in on Saturday or Mm. Sunday. Uh, I'll put a link to it in our episode notes. And last week, Claire, you were cooking something totally delicious for a weekend treat. But this weekend, you're being more virtuous. I just feel like I need some more vegetables. It's just (laughs) one of those things that I constantly struggle with. So I've set this target of eating a salad every Sunday night and trying something new that has lots of vegetables in it. Uh, I'm going to give it a go. It's good for the gut health, I'm told. Mm, Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Salads, I should do more of it. All right, let me know if that plan works to put it every Sunday. I'll have to follow your lead, Claire. (laughs) It'll do me for a few weeks anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And that's enough for this week. Have a good Friday. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back with you on Monday. talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN. VPN.com forward slash squiz today.